Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chapter Tactics, where we talk about uh, strategies and tactics for veterans and new players alike. I am Magic Use Fly. With me today, we've got the one, the only, John P. Hey, John P. Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> good, good intro, as always. Yes, 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 uh, yes. And we also have Trevi from Tactical Tortoise. Yeah, what's up, everybody? How's it going? Yeah, I'm excited to talk about some tyranny today. Hell yeah, dude! Out of everybody, you have uh, the best camera quality out of the out of the three of us. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, um, you'll notice that Demeki is not here with us today. Uh, he has his ten year anniversary, so uh, he's not here today because he is celebrating that. Uh, also. Please excuse me because I am feeling just a little bit under the weather. Um, so I'll try not to sniffle as much as I can. But today we are talking about Crusher Stampede from Tyranids. That's why Tactical Tortoise is here. Uh, Tactical Tortoise, a really, really great YouTuber. When you want to talk about uh, Tyranids, when you want to learn about Tyranids, uh, go check out Tactical Tortoise. So. Uh, how about Trevi? Why don't you explain to everybody who you are and, uh, what you do and everything like that? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, like Matt said, I'm a YouTuber. I do a ton of content both on YouTube and Twitch for especially competitive Warhammer 40,000. Um, you can find me over at tactical-tortoise.com. That gets you to my YouTube channel where I upload a lot of content covering uh, interesting lists and strategies from recent competitive 40K events. I also do live streaming on YouTube every Tuesday. And I'm right now I'm live streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TV every day. Either I'll do live gameplay or I'll do commentated gameplay of competitive online 40K games, or we'll just hang out and talk about 40K. It's a super good time. And I like playing Tyranids. They're my army. Um, so I'm super excited to be here and, uh, and, and talk about some Crusher Stampede. Yeah, so for today's episode of Chapter Tactics, uh, we will be talking about the Crusher Stampede uh, update, what's going on with that, what units we need to be looking at, stuff like that. Uh, but before we get into that, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40k games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and... Uh, join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have the largest 40K podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, Grim After Dark, and so much more. That's FrontlineGaming.org, or you can click on the link in the description of this podcast and all the social media goodies out there. And with that, let's get right into this topic here. I have some cool stuff that we can look at right here. We're just going to crack open this beer. And uh, look at uh, the first thing that's going on here with Crusher Stampede. Uh, I saw earlier, I think it was yesterday, that Art of War just did um, an episode talking about Crusher Stampede. John Lennon uh, said that he actually really, really likes it. Um, Nick Nadavati said that he doesn't care for it. And you know what? That's fine. You know, he just he's just not he's not with the hive bros. He doesn't understand. John Lennon is a, is a uh, I think, endless proponent of Dimacron, so it does not uh, surprise me that he would <laughs> yeah, appreciate right. the theme force or the uh, the army of renown. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, 
Now, uh, if you don't know what the Army of Renown is, you guys probably should know as of right now just because of how much it's been talked about on things like Reddit and everything like that. But we're just going to go through these real quick. The restrictions for this Army of Renown is that you cannot include any swarm units. Uh, you cannot contain any models with wound characteristics of two or less. So that means no Ripper Swarms. That means no Termagants. That means no Gene Stealers. All that stuff. The only chaff that you could basically use is... Tyranid Warriors, and some Raveners, and that's all you get. Uh, for each unit from your army uh, that doesn't have the monster keyword, your army has to include at least one monster unit, so you have to go one for one. And all units from your army must have the Tyranids keyword and be drawn from the same high fleet. So you can't go Kraken Kronos, you can't go, uh, you know, Kraken Jormungandr or whatever, you have to pick one single high fleet, and that is it. But let's be honest here, most of the time, uh, I think that we're all just going to be picking Leviathan, just because Leviathan is just so dang good. I don't see why else you would take any other ones besides <laughs> Leviathan. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, the selection of, uh, especially stratagems you get between Crusher Stampede and the Leviathan mm -hmm. um, lineup is just like insane flexibility. The yeah. problem is that you don't have enough CP to do all the cool things you have strats for. Yeah, yeah. You do run into some CP problems with this list because there's just so many good stratagems that Tyranids have that, like, it gets really, really rough. Sometimes you're not even going to be able to use, like, single-minded annihilation more than twice <laughs> a game at this point. Like, there's just so much good stuff here. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty night and day from, uh, you know, the, the heady days of 8th edition where you would just divide your CP by two and that's the number of single mind annihilations you got over yeah, the course basically. of the game. And yeah, yeah. now it's like, oh, we got so much utility to spend it on, but it's all good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, John P, what do you think about uh, those restrictions uh, when it comes to Tyranids? I know that you don't play Tyranids, but how does that make you feel knowing that you can't bring like a lot of chaff units? Uh, definitely very big restrictions like um not being able to have ripper swarms or whatever to help screen out the board take up all that space i it hurts but you know it kind of forces you into playing you know the big monster match list um i mean i saw I, yeah i've seen a few lists that you've you've uh thrown around where it's just like you have six infantry units and that's it um uh, it's kind of hard to imagine i guess as someone that plays admic and space marines but yeah Turn yeah. monster match looks cool. Yeah, it's definitely hard to do things like um, <laughs> rod, like rod, and do like actions, especially when GW is like trying to push people to do actions. Like if you look at the new stuff that's dropping for like the GT, and they're trying to push for troops, and you look at this army of renown, you're just like, uh oh, <laughs> I can't do those things. Uh, but those are the restrictions that we have for Crusher Stampede. Uh, let's move over to the benefits that you gain out of it. Uh, for the benefits, uh, everything inside of your army gains the Crusher Stampede keyword. Uh, units from your army without the monster keyword gain the shield of the hive mind ability. Uh, that's basically just a five up invuln. Um, monster units from your army gain the hulking behemoth ability uh you have access to the crusher stampede warlord traits uh psychers can gain access to the mass convergence discipline and basically all this means is just that uh all of your units gain 
a five up invulnerable save just across the bur- uh, across the board. And if you are a monster, you gain additional benefits, and those additional benefits are not just the five up invulnerable save, but uh, you reduce damage coming into you by one. So basically, duty eternal. And on top of that, uh, this is the biggest one, is that your models inside of your unit uh, count as the number of remaining wounds on that model when controlling an objective, which is absolutely huge. Uh, One thing that people uh, say about, or one people that people do get wrong about this army of renown is that uh, it says that this unit, or uh, the units can't gain a high fleet adaptation. And it doesn't mean that you lose that keyword. It just means that you can't gain stuff like Kraken's um, fall back and charge. But you still gain the keyword. So if you use Leviathan, you can still use the stratagems from the Leviathan Octarius Codex or the uh, update. You just can't use the six up, feel no pain. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But so far, what do you guys think about just those updates by itself? How, how does that feel like to have that trade off? Like you, you don't get the, the army trade, but you get all this, this all this stuff instead, like the five feel no pain. Uh, five, five up pain, one minus one damage. Uh, yeah, always counts as whatever on objective. Yeah, you know, Trevi, how about what do you think about it? Well, if you think about it as a, you know, your sub faction bonus becomes your whole army is a five plus invuln save, and your monsters get you know, damage reduction and, and uh, kind of additional models for controlling objectives. Probably one of the best sub-faction abilities in the entire game, right? Like, you know, army-wide uh, involuntary saves and damage reduction is, like, wildly powerful. And you would trade basically any um, any sub-faction bonus for that in a heartbeat. So uh, not, not to mention the fact that it's actually a little bit better than a sub-faction bonus because, like you mentioned, you still get your keyword, so your relics, your warlord traits, your... Um, sub-faction specific stratagems still work, but it also affects models that aren't necessarily, uh, wouldn't necessarily have gotten the adaptation normally. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about Harry Dan's a little bit later in the, uh, in the episode models mm. in, in auxiliary detachments and, um, and uh, super heavy auxiliaries will get this benefit at least currently. I don't, that might change in the future. I don't know. Um, and also, interestingly, models that you spawn during the game will also get this benefit. So you can have uh, spore mines run around with invulnerable saves and stuff. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. It's, it's pretty. pretty it, it's pretty funny that you can bring like nine biovores and just have them all shoot out spore mines. <laughs> all of them being a five up invuln, and then if you bring a harpy, it drops more spore mines for more five up invulns. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, losing your adaptations, I think the biggest loss here is going to be off of Kraken, just because you don't get that fallback and charge. And when you're running a Demacaron, uh, fallback and charge is just so good with him. And even if you were to use the 2CP stratagem from the Leviathan uh, update to switch him over from Leviathan to Kraken, he still doesn't get the benefits of Kraken, right? So that part really hurts. It also hurts because you can't run Kronos and take Tyranid Warriors to give Hive Guard plus one and then have them re-roll their hit rolls of one. You can't do that. Same thing with like barbed hybridals and stuff. So it just, that's a pretty huge trade-off. Um, but it's not that bad because you get just so much good benefits, like the minus one damage. You know, you're, you're basically becoming... Uh, a death guard <laughs> right at that point <laughs> where you just have minus one damage across the board with all these t7 plus models it gets really hard to clear those units at that point um yeah yeah pretty good yeah 
pretty good. All right. So yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, um, before we move on, um, do we want to cover it all for people who might not be familiar exactly what an army of renown is and, and how you unlock these, uh, these benefits? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So, um, uh, an army of renown is a special uh, way of constructing your army in 40k that will give you the benefits that we just talked about as long as you adhere to the restrictions. Um, some things to keep in mind, though, is that it the um, uh, these special restrictions will affect your entire army. So in the past, we've th- seen things like specialist detachments and stuff like that, which will you know choose a specific detachment or a specific subfaction and affect only those. But um, not uh, for armies of renown. Armies of renown impose restrictions on all of your detachments, all of the models in your army. Uh, obviously, as long as you um, adhere to the restrictions, you get all the cool benefits, and you usually will unlock a keyword that will give you some special um, stratagems and warlord traits and other things like that that we'll talk, we'll cover later for this specific army of renown. Um, but these are all just, you know, generally match play legal. So if you're, you're going to a tournament, something like that, you can play your armies of renown to your heart's content. There's no restrictions on, on playing them just as long as your entire army is, uh, follows the rules that are laid out. Yeah. Yep. 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 People that were saying that, uh, wondering if this is something that is, uh, like I guess tournament legal or anything like that. It definitely is. It's the same thing mm-hmm. that you would get off of Admech with their army of renown stuff like that. So you're totally free to uh, work with these things. Uh, so let's move on here. Uh, we had we had, we talked about this. Let's move on to uh, these psychic powers real quick. We're just going to touch on these really fast. Uh, these psychic powers are all pretty good 18 inch range on all of them all of them they don't need line of sight so uh you're good to go there all of them have a warp charge value of six um the first one mm, that we have right easy. here yeah it's so easy for tyrannids. it's like you're gonna <laughs> get to these off that's important <laughs> yeah yeah it's great it's <laughs> easy great to remember. <laughs> and and when you're working with these 18 wound models you don't need line of sight but like it didn't matter anyways because you would have line of sight of them regardless because they're 18 right. wounds so it didn't matter but not having to have line of sight is very, very good for these psychic powers. Uh, the first one that we have here is Synaptic Barrier. Synaptic Barrier gives you a 4-up invuln on a Crusher Stampede model. Not unit, so you cannot cast these on Tyranid Warriors. Uh, I mean, like you could, but only one of them would get a 4-up invuln, and then the rest of them would have a 5-up invuln. Uh, after that, we have Aggressive Surge. Aggressive Surge gives you plus D3 attacks to a Crusher Stampede model. Again, not a unit, so you can't give these over to Tyranid Warriors with Bone Swords or Scything Talons or whatever and give them all plus D3 attacks. It doesn't work like that. It's just for one singular model. And then we have Infused Energies. This one is uh, you get to reroll your hit roll uh, in, in Melee. So you get to fish for whatever you want. It's a full reroll. It's not just reroll failed hit rolls. So you can reroll uh, anything that you had that is a success. However, the only caveat to this infused energies is that you can't cast it on uh, synapse models, which is silly to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that is one that affects um, full units. But again, you can't put it on warriors. So yeah. uh, the only units that you're taking, like, you know. Right, maybe raveners or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that one, uh, 
significantly less useful since uh, most of the time your, your entire army is going to be either rerolling its hit rolls innately or, or hitting on twos. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Most of the time you have like, um, what's it called? Uh, massive scything talons. So eh, you don't really get anything out of that. You get like you're hitting on twos or threes already, rerolling hit rolls of one. Yeah. But what I do like is that uh, you can do stuff. Uh, with the uh, horror specs where you can fish for uh, sixes like if you use relentless flurry you can actually fish for like double exploding sixes if you take an extra warlord trait not saying that the horror specs is the next big thing but i'm just saying that you know that option is there uh- <laughs> it is cute i like that that's yeah. good <laughs> uh, john p what do you think about uh those uh those traits i, I feel like when the reroll the hit roll spell is you know, the worst of the three, you're in a pretty decent spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because like that D- plus D3 attacks one's pretty good considering Nid monsters don't really get that many attacks, right? Usually like mm. five or six or seven. Yeah. That range. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty helpful. I mean, and the four up in you know, four up in are great. So four up in on an 18 yeah. wound monster that yeah. you can also give a five up feel no pain to, like, bro. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty nasty. That's really good. Yep. Um, I I like them. They're all great psychic powers. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, moving on here. Boop. We have the warlord traits. This is probably the weakest part of the codex in my or of the update in my opinion. Uh, these are kind of like meh. Uh, so we have a raging influence, which is an aura. Uh, with this one, you get um. Every model that's within six inches of the Warlord, uh, that is a monster unit, uh, they get to uh, get exploding sixes in their melee attacks. Pretty cool. So just exploding sixes in an aura, six-inch aura. Pretty nice. Uh, we have Savage Intimidation. This one's just like, I, I think that this is just garbage, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it outright. It's just bad uh while an enemy unit is within three inches of this warlord each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack subtract one from the attacks hit roll and uh they take minus one to their combat attrition cool nice thank you so much gw i appreciate this so much. <laughs> yeah i minus one to hit within three inches like it, you know it is melee attacks only which is a little funky uh that's okay the combat attrition is mostly a meme, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like Keepers of Secrets have this right, like just built in innately. They don't have to take a warlord trait for it, so it's just <laughs> ugh. Uh, and then after that, we have Rampaging Beast. Uh, this one, uh, once per turn, your warlord, when they are selected to fight, uh, they can activate the warlord trait, and when they do so, they get to add D three to their attacks characteristic. So those are the warlord traits here. Uh, what do you guys think? We'll start with John P. How do you think? What do you think about those warlord traits? Uh, I mean, I guess right off the bat, there are some combos you can do with rampaging beasts, and then the other one with the plus D three. Uh, so that's cool. Plus two D three attacks, and then you could also combine the reroll the hit roll with the exploding sixes. So that's <laughs> this is this is Sandry there. But I mean, I think you guys mentioned you guys are always going to be playing Leviathan, right? So you'll take uh, what was it called? adaptive redeploy thing yeah 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 (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. we're always gonna take that there's well i mean like strategic adaptation i don't know if that's like an auto take for this type of list because if you're taking things like a demacaron or if you're taking things that are 18 wounds like your barbed hyrodules or your side hyrodules 
strategic adaptation really isn't going to do much for you in this type of list just because like you can redeploy but you're always visible so it doesn't really matter um i feel like that for some lists if you're not going hive guard you can probably uh, uh drop that but yeah yeah it's okay what do you think trevi yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on the strategic adaptation, but generally, if you're playing Leviathan, um, unless you're re really fishing for adaptive physiologies and you have to use your Alpha Leader Beast to unlock another physiology, um, then it's kind of a free roll, right? Like one CP to redeploy two is like a very good deal. So uh, I, I've been finding that I miss the redeploy when I don't take it, but generally, I'm just going to have Rampaging Beast on. Um, my big smashy flyrant because it, it just it gives the the little bit of bump in um, damage output that that guy really needed I think and mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna take that on top of the strategic adaptation which I find has been helpful especially for hive guard like you said which uh, you know there are three wounds so you can take them in this list they don't get minus one damage but they do get an invulnerable save which is fine and uh, it also helps for you know the more alpha strike oriented melee monsters things like dimacarons and stuff that. Are are in danger if you uh, if you don't go first. So you can kind of back deploy them, or even just strategic reserve them if you uh, if you don't win the roll to go first. But if you do win the roll to go first, you can throw them up in the in you know front and center and just run them at your opponent, um, which I think is okay. But yeah, ramp rampaging beast is great. Raging influence I think is um, a, an interesting one. Um, I, I like that because most of the time your warlord is gonna be a hive tyrant, you know, or a, a similar big stompy boy it will also affect the um character itself especially so it's like damage output is similar to uh if you were just going to take the extra d3 attacks um the difference is that I, because tyranids they tend to sort of sling out uh monsters rather than like brick up with them and and try to fight in a like a huge cohesive block which is i think where you really want this aura to be i don't find that it's going to be quite as useful as just the rote 3d uh, d3 attacks but i'm definitely happy to be proven wrong i think uh there's there's certainly some interesting places to go with that uh with that aura uh definitely and uh one one thing i do want to say is that uh you know, against certain armies, some armies, the longest range that they can possibly have is like 36 inches. Mm -hmm. And for 36 inches, you can put, you know, your Demacaron kind of on the backfield and still be relatively safe. So that's pretty nice. Um, yeah. You also still. Especially if you have like a long table edge deployment or something and their yeah. guns are on one side of the table and you can just mm -hmm. go to the other end of your deployment zone and make that crossfire really awkward. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Or yeah. if you want to put them in, uh, like, behind dense cover or something um, to get, like... Well, they won't get it done. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't get it, huh? Too tall. <laughs> uh, all right. <Yeah. laughs> Let's move on, then. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Struggle City over here. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we got the stratagems. This is the biggest one here. Um, we're going to burn through these because I feel like that some of these are just kind of bleh, and there's really only two that really stick out to me here thunderous impact spoiler alert this isn't one that sticks out to me uh this is two cp uh basically uh in your fight phase i think it's after you pile in uh when a monster targets either a monster or a vehicle you can spend this stratagem for two cp basically you get plus one to your hit roll plus one to your wound roll and plus one to your attacks damage roll two cp uh what do you guys think about that <laughs> Um, it's, it's def 
it's like it has so many like little annoying restrictions on it that the use cases definitely get uh um get a little bit awkward i think this is basically like custom made for a dimacaron um yeah. so if you're if you're syncing a dimacaron into something like turn one you have a bunch of cp to spend and you really want to kill it i think this is good um but one of the um restrictions on the stratagem is that you can you select one monster or vehicle unit and you can only target that unit with attacks this round so if you're really trying to like deal maximum damage with the demacron or something and you you know you you get up to a big a big tank or a knight or something and you kill it you cannot then double fight right because you um you can't target anything else uh, as long as you've used the stratagem uh on top of that uh, the wording's very strange. It adds one to damage rolls, which means if you have a flat damage value, like a Hive Tyrant, you actually, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't yeah, give you any so extra silly. damage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, which is why it's really good on Hive Tyrants, but uh, significantly less good for most other things in the army. So, um, yeah, yeah I, if I could use this on Hive Tyrants, I'd find myself using it a lot. And it, to be honest, plus one to wound is almost worth two CP on a Hive Tyrant if you're going into Toughness 8, because they usually cap it strength seven mm-hmm. so the plus one to wound to win on fours and then with re-rolls from voracious appetite it's pretty, pretty good pretty good and then when you think about it when you get plus one to wound you're also triggering things like toxin sacks as well so mm-hmm. if you have toxin sacks you know you have a flying hive tyrant with murderous size uh you're looking at four uh four wounds and then um toxin sacks uh triggers on a five up to wound so then those are getting five damage through or that's getting like yep. five damage through. That that's pretty good, especially against things like Thick City. You know, like that's uh, it's a it's a nice little bump in damage. Yeah. What do you think, Jumpy? Uh, oh, go uh, ahead. I mean, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. Um, can we we could we could wombo combo that with the uh, um, was it the Gestalt Warlord trait for Leviathan that lets you switch into Behemoth for extra toxic? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be it'd be sick. It's it's yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're trying to kill a knight, it, it's a good strat to use. You know, yeah, if you need something sure. completely dead. Uh, John yeah. P, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, like you guys mentioned, this one's pretty niche. Like like you said, if you're you're go- trying to kill a knight, use it. If you yeah. really need that plus one to wound, <laughs> you can use it. Uh, a plus one to damage rolls, kind of silly. <laughs> like yeah. you guys said, <laughs> well, why does it have to be a plus one to damage roll? Why can't it just be a flat plus one to damage? Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 Nothing, All right. Nothing more that you guys didn't already say. All right. Uh, next up, we have Terrifying Charge. This is for one CP. Uh, you activate this during your morale phase uh, when a... Um, and you select a unit that's within engagement range of a monster unit. Subtract three from their leadership. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about that one? Minus three leadership for one CP. Uh, you know, honestly, it's really not that bad if you think, like, if in certain case, if you're not up against Space Marines, right? Or anything like that. Mm. Um, yeah, or K Suns or anything with Fearless minus three leadership isn't that bad. Is there anything you can do with that minus three leadership? I mean, like technically, Tyranids do have a way to get to like at 
I, I think that you can stack things where you can get to like minus seven leadership or minus five leadership. You know, you put things like, I think it's the horror gives you minus one. You pop this strategy for another minus three. That's minus four leadership right there. And then I think that there's another way that you can get another minus one from there. So minus five leadership. I feel like that this has a certain niche case with another strategy that's coming up here. But yeah, Trevi, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, this is one of those stratagems that uh, in about 99% of your games, you'll just totally forget about. And then uh, there's that one game once in a while where, like, you know, there's an obsec model that's threatening to give yourself, your, your opponent a 15-point primary turn or whatever, and you're, you know, something charged it and left one model alive. And it, it's 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 down to the morale step to see if that guy runs away. And if you remember that you have this one CP strat to give the minus three to their roll, um, then that's a that's a pretty big deal. But you got to remember yeah. to use it. And I like that's I think the one situation is you know I, I'm not sure I would spend the one CP if you are relying on a combat attrition roll to finish a unit unless you super need to. But if there's one idiot dude left alive on a unit on a on, a, on an objective and you absolutely have to get rid of that guy, um, then that's the situation I would use it. But uh, it is important to um, to note that the unit that you're targeting with it still has to be in engagement range of the monster um, at, in the morale step. So if your opponent pulls casualties from um, uh, from the models that are in engagement, which a lot of times they'll do, especially if you're taking Dimacrons and stuff, yeah, uh, you, they could not be eligible to be targeted by the strat. And it's also your your monster has to have made a charge move. So it's basically only in your uh, morale phase as well. So some yeah. restrictions on it. It only but, happens uh, on your turn. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So when when can you you can use this after you know that you didn't wipe the ball? You don't have to use this right as you charge. Yeah. yeah. It's at the it's start of the morale, morale phase. So after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, that's a lot better. That's a lot better than I thought it was. I thought it was like when you make the charge, oh, like yeah. you, have to, you have to like preemptively know that I'm gonna leave one guy. <laughs> you can't, that would you be can't, awful. You can't do that with Tyranids. With the, with the yeah. lack of attacks that they have, sometimes you'll just be like, "This should kill." Nope, never mind. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm gonna. Like my my random claws are D three damage. Oh, we rolled <laughs> a bunch of ones. Your intercessors survived. Dude, you should have used the two CP strat for the uh, plus one to the damage roll, dude. Like that's that's the problem. Yeah, but they're not vehicles. See, you just ah, you just me. you just get into a what what, what what's it called um, a sunk cost fallacy, and you just start spending CP just <laughs> out, out the wazoo, just trying to make yeah. up for something that messed up. It's like uh, I fi- it's fine. We've like double fought and rerolled wounds, and like we're like nine CP down this turn. What's yeah, one yeah. more? Yeah, <laughs> just one more. That's all it is. All right, <laughs> moving on from here, uh, we have Unbreakable Chitin. I'm going to break it down for you guys. It's literally just transhuman. Um, the caveat here is that if you, uh, it only, count, uh, it costs one CP for uh, units if they have four or less models. If there is five or more models, then it costs two CP. And if they have a wounds characteristic of 10 or more, it also costs 2 CP. So, Carnifex players, eat your heart out, 1 CP transhuman. Um, Also, if you take a squad of 4 warriors, 1 CP transhuman. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, John P., what do you think about that? Yeah, that's incredibly fair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not much to say other than that. After seeing the Grey Knights was like 2 CP, right? Or 3 CP? Yeah. They're transhuman? Yeah. It's two yeah. CP. Excuse you. All right. <laughs> if it's in a squad of five or more, it's three CP. Okay. 
Oh, it's bad. Two CP for transhuman should not exist. It is so expensive as a defensive buff that like I don't ever want to use it. Like it's just not worth it. However, if I am taking a Demacaron and um, you know they're out in the open, and then somebody's just like, "All right." Here we go, sisters of battle. Here's a bunch of Meltas. Then I'd be like, okay, all right, transhuman. Let's try it out. See if it works. What do you What do you think here, Trevi, about this? Yeah, I I think Tyranids tend to, uh, you know, they they basically like load their CP into their guns and shoot them at their opponent, right? So they're you're often banking your CP to deal more damage. I think a lot of the the damage characteristics of Tyranid models is predicated on using a bunch of cp to like reroll and double fight and double shoot and yeah you definitely know, yeah relentless yeah. flurry and all that stuff so defensive stratagems aren't typically something that well a they're not something that turn has really ever had access to so this is new and exciting territory um but also uh it's not something that the faction's really built around yeah. but i do think like you said you know you, you have the demacra on your list it can't be obscured it's out in the open like just big old claws swinging in the wind and your opponent goes first and drops a bunch of melted guns on it that's what i think that the perfect uh you know place where the stratagem uh is going to be useful is is protecting against those alpha strikes because at that point you will have a lot of cp and you do need your army to survive that that first turn um the other place i think it's very useful is in the one cp mode like you mentioned on carnifexes you get the yeah. one cp transhuman on carnifex you know that's a monster so it has an involved it has damage reduction that's all pretty good uh and then i also think little infantry units like we already have uh, unyielding chitin on Tyranid Warriors mm-hmm. for uh, minus one damage on them, um, which can help your little three-man units survive a little bit longer. And then, you know, alternatively or in addition, you have access to the transhuman for one CP and the little units. Um, one one place that I've actually, uh, I've sort of changed my list around the stratagems, I, I should put Venomthropes in my list because uh, the, the min unit of Venomthropes is, you know, targetable by one CP. Uh, unbreakable chitin. So if my opponent has like one or two guns that can target Venomthropes that are hiding behind terrain and giving my opponent minus one to be hit, I have this stratagem to make them significantly more difficult. Yeah, just a little bit more difficult. It's pretty good. Um, I I think that it excels at one CP. Um, That's when you should be able to use it. Once you're going over to two CP, it becomes very, very taxing, especially when you consider how much CP that we already talked about earlier that you just want to burn through <laughs> so you know yeah. you gotta you gotta you gotta pace yourself you can't blow it all the, the real tension is between this and uh encephalic diffusion if you put a mouse scepter in your list mm-hmm. like are are you gonna are you gonna bank on you know your two cp transhuman keeping your monsters alive or are you gonna spend that is, is that is that diffusion money are you gonna spend that on the minus one strength for for range attacks coming in why not both? it really depends on why not you know, both what kind of, yeah, what's just drop four it's fine um it really depends on on the the attacks that your opponents have and you know sometimes they'll have a bunch of last cannons they don't really care that much about minus one strength but uh sometimes the diffusion's just fine and uh yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean it's it, at the at the very least it's a super duper good tool to have in your toolbox i think yeah it's also a great tool to uh mess with your opponent's head uh when they shoot a las gun at you and you're just like all right two cp transhuman there's just the biggest chad that you've ever seen in your entire life just wasting cp who cares <laughs> all right next up here we have um death surge this one is so good this is one of the stratagems i think is just amazing uh death surge 
uh, it activates in your fight phase. It doesn't have the same. It, this is basically fight on death uh, for your Tyranid monsters. However, it activates them at their top bracket, uh, which is insanely good. And it doesn't even have the caveat of saying something like uh, if a monster hasn't fought yet. So you can still fight. And then if you die after the fight, uh, you can spend two CP and then fight on death at top bracket. Okay, that's a lot to unpack here. Uh, John P., let's start with you. What do you think about this? That's so good. Like, I, I can imagine you throwing your hair, or not your hair, and your Dima is like bottom bracket, about to die. Uh, you take the, you take the, uh, your save roll. You don't take the invuln save because you want to die. <laughs> Spend the two CP, have it fight on death at full bracket, going insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Trevi, what you got? Um, this is one, so far in my games, I actually haven't used this because I found that by at the point that my monsters are dying, I'm actually just burnt on CP. <laughs> it, hasn't, it hasn't actually come up Understandable. Um, Understandable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, uh, it's a good one to keep, you know, in the back of your mind, especially if things go poorly. Um, but it's definitely, uh, it's basically there for whichever one of your monsters, um, you know, you're, you're double moving and, and rocketing into your opponent's army to deal a bunch of damage. Uh, generally, the, monster, the, the, the model that's being the most aggressive is the one that also gets all the defensive buffs, though, which is why oftentimes that guy doesn't, doesn't usually die until sort of mid to late game. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, your, your five up damage ignore with a damage reduction and a four plus invulnerable save dude with 18 wounds <laughs> just doesn't die in your opponent's turn. And uh, you don't need to fight on death. Um, the, yeah. the real, the real, uh, achievement unlocked though, is when you fight with a monster, right? You get to the end of the phase and mm. then you double fight and mm. then you use your pile and consolidate to engage new stuff and then they attack you and then you die and then you death search to triple fight. So Ooh. I think someone OP. needs to get on discord if they, if someone ever does that and yeah. give me a message. What was that? Five CP? That's it's, five it's CP. Casual five CP. You get to attack three times in a fight phase. Five CP, but you get to kill three units. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, crossing fingers. Crossing hopefully, fingers. Hopefully, you kill that third one. And, and, and the, dude, the best part to be is fair, that. that Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say the best part for all of that is on, on all those three activations. If you spend voracious appetite, you get reroll <laughs> wound rolls the entire time. Value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Pretty all, good. yeah, all your offensive buffs continue. If you get the D three attacks from the from the uh, psychic power, those yeah, all yeah, yeah. stick so, so around. It's not five CP here, Trevi. We're talking about six CP right yeah, now. We're at six <laughs> now. Yeah. What's but another one, dude? Do another with, two for the uh, plus the, one to attack or plus one to wound. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that time Acheron at that point just like kills like a thousand points of models, right? Yeah, like, hopefully. Like, hopefully. If you've attacked three times the soup dip time macaron in yeah, your opponent's yeah. fight phase, like, that's the best part, right? Because, yeah. because none of these are required it uh, none of these require it to be your fight phase. You can do mm. any of them. So and, you can double fight and then triple fight in your opponent's turn. See now now I would say that would be six CP. However, we have the next stratagem right here, which is gonna bump it up to seven <laughs> CP that you're gonna be dropping. <laughs> and this one's called breaking through. I love this this thing is so friggin good uh breaking through uh you activate this during your charge phase um uh, when a monster completes a charge uh, you select one enemy model within engagement range of that monster unit and roll a number of d6 equal to the monster's 
uh, to the monster's remaining wounds. Not their max wounds, but their remaining wounds. And you basically do a... Um, like a strength is toughness check. Uh, if your strength is higher than their toughness, for every three or higher, you deal one mortal wound. For every four or higher, if your strength matches their toughness, you deal one mortal wound. And if their toughness is higher than your strength, you deal uh, one mortal wound for every five or higher, up to a maximum of six mortal wounds. This is so friggin' good. Um, and this is what I wanted to say earlier, where this could be a pretty cool and interesting combo when you use breaking through along with terrifying charge. Like if you're going into something like, uh, termies or just space Marines, uh, with the DACA, uh, fly rent that literally has no melee prowess at all. And you just charge into something, deal six mortal wounds, spend another CP for terrifying charge, reduce their, uh, leadership by three. And then all of a sudden they're like minus five leadership at that point. And, uh, you know, on a four or higher, uh, you're forcing them to take a morale check. It's not that great, but breaking through by itself. Mwah, magnifique. John magnifique. P. Yeah. What do you think about this? That's <laughs> This is probably like one of the more fun stratagems, and it's so over the top. It's great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I mean, um, I think the thing is, like, if you're trying to snipe a character or something, most most like decent players will probably screen out the character um, once if they know about this stratagem, especially. Um, but I mean, like you mentioned, uh, very niche cases where you could just drop six mortal wounds on whatever your opponent's elite or yeah. your opponent's uh, what's my call it like infantry unit thing mm. Wait, what do you, what, excuse me what do you mean a niche moment i'm spending this every single turn <laughs> like there is no question about it i'm dealing six mortal wounds per turn on anything i don't care yeah. what it is the, the question isn't isn't whether you break through it who gets, who gets broken <laughs> what's breaking yeah uh trevi what do you think about this strat uh yeah this strat's like just just pants on head bonkers right like it's <laughs> uh almost automatic six mortal wounds but yeah. once per charge phase uh yeah. is a, that's a that's a butt ton of mortal wounds yeah yeah happening right there Did um and it's especially in kind of the meta game we are right now where like these super you know even in the in the the crusher stampede mirror match where these super heavy defensive profiles are so prevalent everyone's got invulnerable saves and damage reduction and damage and goal rolls uh and this thing just nukes you for six with you know, ignoring all your saving throws, ignoring all your damage reduction, um, that's just that's just good. That's just yeah. super duper good. Yeah. Um, and then the the niche cases where you can hit a character, you can hit a light vehicle like a land speeder, or a, um, I, I used it earlier this week uh, in a game against Harlequins. They're almost nothing but six wound transports, and so this thing just goes in and nukes the transport and bails the unit out. Um, oh, that is hilarious. You know, I never even thought about that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you just nuke a Star Weaver. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You just uh, just pull those things right out of the sky. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a super duper powerful strategy for sure. Yeah. In 8th edition, this definitely would have not been capped, which terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Not wrong. <laughs> In 8th edition, though, it would have been like roll... 66 and then on sixes they take one more to win yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's great is that like this this is a such a good thing for tyranids because you know we have talked about this earlier where uh the amount of attacks that they have is very very minuscule right like you were looking at five 
or four to six attacks, like usually when it comes to these monsters, this makes it so then you can actually swing into high and vulnerable safe targets and still do something instead of just like whiffing and not being able to kill like two or three, right? Like that, that always happens when you run a Demacaron, right? It's yeah. not going to kill an entire squad. All of a sudden you pop this for one CP and you can reliably kill off like a squad or a unit of uh, Terminators, like pretty reliably with a Demacaron. So yeah. Totally, and, and even even considering that, like six automatic damage is on most of the tier of monsters equivalent to like plus two or three additional attacks, right? Because like you know, three attacks, maybe you're a D three plus three, um, maybe you're into damage reduction. Like one of them probably misses or fails to wound or gets saved, and you put two two attacks through, which is you know, depending on on their reduction, um, you know, somewhere between uh, between six and eight damage. So. A one CP strat for plus two or three attacks, depending on what you're using it on, using it on, would also be super good, even if you're just punching a knight or something. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially what this is. Yeah. The the requirement that or the um, the role equal to the, your number of remaining wounds, uh, I think, is mechanically interesting because it means that damaging your monsters also makes them less effective. In addition to bracketing them, it makes your stratagems and uh, counting as models for holding objectives degrades over the course of the game which i think is very cool but it also in most situations as long as you're near your you know the top of your profile you're it's just essentially six automatic wounds because the yeah. likelihood that you roll those four pluses or five pluses onto whatever you're attacking is uh is with you know potentially 18 dice or like 34 dice if you're talking about one of the super heavies is super likely yeah, charging a Herodin into something and just rolling 34 dice and saying, all right, it's just like ridiculous. You should never roll it. It's just a waste of time. But it's funny. Um, and then I think that on average, uh, it's when you get down below nine wounds, that's when uh, and you're charging into something that's like, uh, you know, very light, like infantry or something. That's when it stops doing six mortal wounds. So you have like about, you know, uh three wounds to play with before or four wounds to play with before it starts dropping to below uh uh six mortal wounds so yeah. on, at least on yeah, average yeah you can also just roll bad sometimes yeah yeah Didn't, what, what, what yeah. happened with you earlier today what, what happened? uh yeah I, I i used it on i had a, a hive tyrant full wound hive tyrant charged razhar i was like i'll break through i'll just nuke this guy because he always makes his vulnerable saves if i make my attacks on him and he just took five damage and laughed at me <laughs> And then he got to roll his tormentor. I was like sweating bullets. It was, <laughs> it was not a good look. <laughs> all right. Okay. So moving on here, uh, those are all those stratagems. I think we have to go back in order to look at the other two here, but they're really not anything that should that you're gonna uh, gush about. We have rapid adaptation. This is one CP. You can make a unit of Tyranid warriors have a weapon skill of 2 plus and a ballistic skill of 3 plus and you have enhanced brain functions for 1 CP or 2 CP uh, if it is a unit of Tyranid warriors they get to shoot into combat using their weapons as if it were as if they were underneath uh, big guns never tire um, let's see I think it's 5 or fewer models it's 1 CP and anything mm -hmm. above that it's 2 CP yeah, but Trevi, you want you want to take the the reins on this one and talk about just like how 
stupid this is. Like, go ahead, yeah. buddy. <laughs> so rapid adaptation. I mean, it's. I think it's fine. Um, generally speaking, you're probably not going to use it on melee warriors because you already have access to plus one through bioweapon bonds. So spending those CP is not really worth it. So if you're taking ranged warriors, you can use it for plus one ballistic skill and then stack that with bioweapon bond. I think that's where you use it. If you're taking that big ranged warrior brick, I don't think the ranged warriors are that good. So I don't really rate that stratagem. But moving on to enhanced brain functions. There are a lot of bad stratagems of 40k, and there are some that are so bad. I, I don't want to say that this is one of the worst stratagems of 40k, but I do think it's one of the most like sort of unintentionally misdesigned rules in 40k, because the the times that you're taking Tyranids or Tyranid Warriors with guns is generally um, when you're building them, you know, you're kidding them to deal damage at range, which means you're taking the heavy weapon, the biocannon warriors. Um those unlock on multiples of three models. So for each three warriors in your unit, one of them can have a biocannon, which means that if you have two or more biocannons, this automatically will cost you two CP. In addition, the biocannons all have blast, which means they can't be fired in melee with big guns never tire. So, oh. <laughs> so the, these, the heavy weapons in the warrior squad that you're making your warrior squad larger and as a consequence, this stratagem more expensive for cannot be used in conjunction with the stratagem. So, every, you know, every, maybe once in a blue moon, there's, you know, you, you have some extra death spitters on your warriors and you need to kill one extra model to clear an objective or something. And so you're like, ah, one CP to shoot in melee. But man, is, is this just, it just doesn't work it's with just, how warriors are it's constructed. It's so silly, dude. It's so <laughs> freaking silly. I, I'm so upset that this was even a thing. Um, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to spend any more time on it because uh, we we have other stuff that we could talk about here that's way more interesting, and that's going over some stuff here that uh uh that got some gloves. Oh, before we do that, um, John P, what do you think about uh all these uh stuff or all these uh buffs and things like that that you get? Well, everything we've gone over so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Definitely a very fun way to play Tyranids, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you get to bring out all those big old models, uh, very different from, I guess, everything else that we've seen take over the meta. The meta's definitely been very infantry focused, uh, and this is the first instance of like big monsters on the tabletop we're gonna be seeing until I guess the Knights Codex comes out. So, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. change of pace, nice little breath of fresh air. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right. Let's move on to the units that just got an insane glow up. Uh, the first one that we're going to go over, the Harpy. What does the Harpy do? Nobody knows because no one brings a Harpy. But uh, the Harpy is just so friggin' good. Uh, the pros for this thing, 30-inch move that you can use in order to snipe objectives. Counts as 12 models. Uh, drops spore mines and mortal wounds. It's like, you know, it's kind of like a cherry on top. It's not really like something that you want to build for all the time. But, you know, it, if it does drop spore mines, it, it actually, they get a five up invuln. So, you know, a little bit of some move blocking there. Uh, you can give it obsec. It's not an aircraft, so it can be obscured. And uh, you can bring, a you know, three of them and then if you take a hive crone cost the same amount of points you can technically take six of these guys uh, all with 30 inch moves then you could just snipe objectives really really good uh minus one damage you know and the five up invuln and it can move block the cons i have no idea just because it's so friggin' good um what do you guys think about this we'll start with trevi what do you think about the harpy 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the synergies between the Harpy and all of the abilities you get are are super good. The downside, and, and I think the downside of a lot of these, like, kind of utility monsters, I guess, is that um, for a unit that, you know, essentially fulfills the role of, like, a Lictor in a, a previous list, it's it's very expensive. And so you're, you're going to have to, you know, decide whether the Harpy's worth the trade-off of, like, having another big, punchy monster in your list. Um, and I, I think having one or two of these big utility monsters in your army, uh, in order to score secondaries and to disrupt your opponent's lines, uh, are going to be very good. But the downside is that, you know, it's a, it's a, a lot of damage output that you're giving up to take this thing. Um, whether or not, you know, it, it's, it's disruption abilities are worth that, uh, it remains to be seen, I think, but, uh, definitely, uh, it went from, from being a total meme unit to being, uh, one that I could definitely see playing in um, these uh, Army of Renown armies. Trevi, you said lack of damage. Excuse me, breaking through. You, okay, you don't, need, you don't need... It's going to be six mortal wounds. Like, it's still dealing six mortal wounds, Trevi. Like, the damage <laughs> is still there. And then, you know, it has strangle, it has Stranglethorn cannons, or you can give it Venom cannons. That's not really like that great. Um, it, it it doesn't really help my uh, argument here. However, it's still six mortal wounds, Trevi. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for fifty more points, those six mortal wounds could be dealt by a hive tyrant, though. And that hive tyrant's also dealing four mortal wounds in the psychic phase. And that's true. That's like, true. Four damage. Melee that's weapons. true. But can it move uh, thirty inches, Trevi? Well, the swarm lords. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, John P., what do you think about uh, the Harpy here? Yeah, I looked up the model because I've never actually seen one before. These things are $80. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't all of a sudden just start going out and just buying all these models. <laughs> they, yeah, they get man. pretty expensive. This, um, is, this is a rich man's army for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, um, but yeah, I think it, it, I feel like it'd be kind of nice utility, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a flying model especially yeah run up the map probably have two to just get both flanks mm-hmm. uh i see it has this like fight last kind of like it does ability. have a fight last ability yeah it does yeah yeah so if you do multiple charges you just prevent that one unit the harpy charge from interrupting which is mm-hmm. uh, pretty cool yeah uh, if you bring yeah. a harpy uh and if you bring a harpy uh that means that tyranids have access to two fight lasts with paroxysm being a psychic power and the harpy just charging something. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty nuts. All right. Uh, moving on here. Uh, the next thing that we're going to talk about here, the Dima Karen. Um, obviously, this thing just had... Uh, it, it came out of... Um, how do you say this? Uh, uh, it came out of... like It wasn't as good anymore, I guess. What's, what's a synonym to that? It uh, fell out of favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fell out of favor. Um, but as of right now, with the minus one damage, access to transhuman as well, so it doesn't get nuked off the board turn one. It can be given obsec. It counts as 18 wounds on an objective. You're still dealing six mortal wounds on the charge. Uh, it has a huge threat range. You don't get the crack in 3d6 charge, but uh, you still can move 24 inches plus advance plus charge. Um it has flip belt. I, I put down counts as 12 models, but it counts as 18 models. The only con that it really has is that it's T7. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, Trevi, you want to take this one on uh, how you feel about uh, the Demacaron inside of an Army of Renown list? 
Yeah, so the Dimas don't get um, quite as much of a benefit as a lot of other units from the Army of Renown benefits because it already has a built-in 5 plus invulnerable save. So the level of sort of additional survivability you get from these guys isn't quite the same as you would from one of like the T8 models. Um, so I, I think I would hesitate to like base your entire list around Dimacarons because that toughness seven is going to come back to bite you a lot. And they don't nest. They don't really have the staying power to like sit in the fight for too long because, you know, there's going to be a lot of like high volume strength four attacks or strength eight attacks that are going to whittle these guys down and kill them. But I do think that the one thing that Dimacaron brings is that, uh, that flip belt ability, like you mentioned, which means you can deploy it inside terrain, which not a lot of Tyranid models can can do and it can still move out freely um so despite the fact it has this huge base and and it can be body blocked by enemy positioning it does make your deployment a lot easier and it that also gives it kind of some additional maneuverability because uh, it doesn't have to worry about intervening terrain so um it can alpha strike better than other tyranid mo uh, monsters can so right now i'm i'm playing one demacaron in my list just Basically, for the off chance that I go first, I get to rocket this guy into my opponent's army, put all the buffs on him, and do a billion million damage. Uh, if I go second, it's significantly less good, but uh, I, I think it's there for that, basically to, to, to clinch all that extra damage if you do win the roll to go first. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, a Demacaron is still really, really good. Um, I think that taking one or two of them is going to be the play here when you're running an Army of Renown. Uh, crush a Stampede list uh, just because of the threat that you get on turn one. Um, you know, having an 18 wound monster that's minus one damage, just being up in your opponent's face that can nuke stuff, re-rolling the hit roll, spend two CP to fight on death at top bracket as well. Uh, you're still dealing more mortal wounds to the Thorax Spine Maw if they don't um, pull from him uh, correctly, or if you get a really, really good charge and are able to just... Uh, get into base-to-base -base combat, basically, or within engagement range of every single model inside of a unit. Uh, great, great model. I think that uh, he is just amazing in an Army of Renown list. Uh, John P., do you have anything to say about uh, Demacaron? Uh, it's good. It's just... It's yeah, good. It, it's yeah. good. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking it up on Ford Row right now. Uh, don't look at the price. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, I think it's funny that they uh, didn't bother to paint a model for the thumbnail. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. Whenever I want to talk about a, a, a Demacaron uh, in a video and I want to use a, a model, it's just a great model. I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> How are they going to advertise great models on their website like that? Especially yeah. a $150 model. <laughs> it's rude, dude. It's That's so silly. rude. All yeah. right. Uh, moving off of the Demacaron here, we've got the Flyrant. Uh, Flyrant, four up invuln, minus one damage. Uh, can be given a minus one to wound relic, 16 inch move, six mortal wounds on the charge. 2x Devour can still get 6 Mortal Wounds on the charge, making up for its lack of melee. Can be given Opsec. It can give off Opsec. Uh, you can give it plus 2d3 extra attacks. The only con is that it's 200 points. It gets expensive, but that's not really even a con. I that like uh, the, All the cons <laughs> in these uh, next few... Um, in these... Uh, 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 in these glow-ups, there's like only one because yeah. it's all pretty good. <laughs> You're like fishing for a con also. You're like, oh, I guess yeah. that's a bad thing. Yeah, I'm trying to find something bad in it. Um, you can't give it reroll hit rolls, I guess, uh, in melee, 
with the psychic <laughs> power, and that's pretty much all I got, man. Uh, Trevi, what do you think about the Flyrent right now? I know that you love yeah. the Flyrent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I love Flyrents probably to an unhealthy level, um, but basically, like all of my uh, Stampede lists have just started with Swarmlord, and you know, at least one Flying High Tyrant, probably two uh, for the most part. But um, the Smashy Hive Tyrant, you know, with uh, Monstrous Scything Talons with Murderous Eyes, so they go to Strength 7, uh, AP4 for 4 damage. You get the additional D3 attacks from the Warlord trait, uh, and then you can buff additional, you know, things on top of that, I think, is just so much utility. It's such a super-duper um, flexible model. You know, it can deal damage in the Psychic Phase. It's super-duper fast. You can double move it with Swarmlord. It can fight uh, aircraft, because it, it itself is a flyer. And... Um, it's just really good. I, I do like the Biomorphic Carapace uh, from the Leviathan supplement, um, as, it, sort of compounding with the 4 plus of Vulnerable Save and minus 1 damage just makes that, that dude super difficult to kill. And there are some profiles, you know, some armies that are relying on, you know, especially kind of mid-strength 2 damage attacks. So you think like Orcs, everything's like strength 6, 2 damage and just bounces off this guy. Like everything's wounding on 6s and does 1 damage. Uh, and I think that that's super powerful, uh, you know, unit to have in, um, in those certain matchups and, you know, alternatively, like you mentioned, you could take the devourer guy who helps uh, shore up your matchups against hordes, which I think the army can have a little bit of trouble with. And you can also just take the support guy with, um, you know, a resonance barb to cast potentially two of the mass conversion psychic powers, both at plus one. So you're insured that you get your D3 attacks and your uh, extra invulnerable save out every turn um, super reliably. I think, you know, all of those builds are, are very good. And uh, definitely, I think it's, uh, th this is certainly the best place for Flyerans. Oh yeah, definitely. And then like yeah. one of the other cool things about it is that it, it has such a small base that it's a great unit since it has fly, it can fly over models as long as it doesn't, you know, um, and within engagement range of something but it's a great unit to snipe characters as well it has that 16 mm -hmm. inch move it can fly it uh ignores um uh, uh difficult ground so you can really get in there and find that character find that little hole that your opponent didn't really screen correctly right. and just nuke a character uh great stuff you can give it adrenal glands as well so then you get plus mm -hmm. one to its charge plus one to its vance you can give it a psychic scream you can make it just like deal mortal wounds out the wazoo you can have the dock effects have a void crown so then it can do psychic interrogation all game in order to get secondaries it's such a good utility unit i just I feel like that in every AOR army, you should bring at least one if it's at least just a smashy one or a, a DACA one. Yeah. Either one of and those, it's going to just pay out. It's just going to uh, make its points back very, very easily. And, yeah, and I think the, the most important benefit that we haven't mentioned is that it, it is not 18 wounds, which means it does get hidden by obscurity. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, John P., would you want to say? Yeah, I was gonna say just everything you guys were just gushing about. It just sounds so flexible. It does whatever you guys want to do. Um, it kind of just reminds me of uh, like a Space Marine Captain. Super customizable. You can give it whatever world trade, whatever relic, whatever weapon loadout you need. Uh, so yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. It's also one of the only models in the entire. So like one of the only units in the entire game that ben that uh, uh, you can activate in every single phase of the game. And it's just so much fun, man. I, I love the Flying Hive Tyrant. So, such a good unit. All right. 
moving on from the Flying Hive Tyrant, we've got the Harridan. Uh These are all, like, pretty obvious, and we have, like, some niche ones coming up. But the Harridan, um if you guys liked the Harridan before, you're going to love the Harridan now. Uh, T8, minus one to hit, 34 wounds, doesn't bracket until eight if you take Dermic Symbiosis. Six mortal wounds on the charge, guaranteed, no matter what, it's always going to deal six mortal wounds on the charge. Uh, always wounds on twos, except if it's a, uh, against something that's transhuman. Can get exploding sixes as well for shooting and also for melee if you really want to. But shooting, you can give it uh, sixes. Uh, minus one damage now and a five up invuln naturally. You can give it a four up invuln. You can give it a five up feel no pain. It's a huge distraction. Gets five attacks uh, in melee at strength eight, AP three, six damage. You can give it plus two D three attacks. The only con is that it can't hold objectives. Uh, that is like its only terrible thing about it. Uh, and it's 700 points. It's pretty expensive. It's going to take up a lot of your army. But the Harridan, and this is also with the Hierophant as well, two up save. Um, Hierophant's a little bit more expensive. But yeah. Uh, what do you think about this guy, Trevi? I know that you're not a big fan of the Harridan. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Harridans are friggin sick man i think the only problem that that harry dan has um in the army of renown is that a, a harry dan list is is basically like already an army of renown in and of itself where you have to you have to play with the the, the restrictions imposed on you by you know our lord and savior harry dan um and so as soon as you're you're trying to squeeze a 700 point lord of war into the rest of your army and you're you're also having to fight with the army of renown restrictions uh it it makes list building very difficult and i haven't found a harry dan list i i actually i super love in the army of renown um yeah that said a lot of the units that uh, uh, the 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 face of of especially sort of standard non-army renown tyranid list is going to change uh, in GT 2022 because all of the secondaries are changing and so a lot of the units that the Harridan was relying on to score secondaries and sort of shore up objective scoring um, are going to be significantly less useful because they you know probably won't score engage they a lot of times won't score uh, retrieve Actarius data so that downside might actually not be too bad. Um, that said, the army of the, the way the army of renown synergizes with the Harridan itself is super duper powerful. Like you said, four plus invulnerable save um, and minus one damage innately on the Harridan is like nuts. super strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. <laughs> um, if you know, if you go first, obviously, if, if you go second, uh, playing Leviathan, you can strategic reserve him to bring him on later. So you ensure that the first time your opponent attacks him, he's going to be shields up with the invulnerable save and the damage or uh, damage ignore from Catalyst. On top of the damage reduction, on top of minus one to be hit for being an aircraft. Uh, there's basically no army that one shots that dude once the oh, once yeah. the defenses are are uh, online. Um, but y you know, like I said, the, the downside is I think finding the rest of the list that works for him because you're super duper light on the ground. You have very little objective holding and objective scoring in a a Herodin Tyranid list, and especially an army of renown list. Oh um, yeah, yeah, definitely. The 
the damage you deal with that list though and the amount of, of damage you can soak with that guy is is wild though. so it's it's probably crazy. will still be fine yeah um you can still run stuff like engage if you're running like a bunch of monsters because that's going to give you engage on all fronts right. still uh you could probably take grind them down um and mm -hmm. then after that you could probably take something like uh to the last or yeah. something else in order to back him up and you should be you could still probably reliably score stuff um the only problem is just going to be your primaries because like we said he just does not control an objective but who needs to control an objective if everybody's dead you know, uh, one, one of the problems, one of the problems with Morty or Mortarian was that he could only kill like at most one unit per turn. Right. Uh, Harry Dan can kill like two to three units per turn by himself. Uh, so that's like one big thing that he does have going for him. Uh, John P, what do you think about Harry Dan? Oh, it's 16 shots, right? 16 shots. Yep. 16. So you do eight, eight uh, hitting on threes right hitting on three you can buy a weapon yeah. him and get him to hit on twos yeah, yeah, yeah. hitting on twos willing on twos you're killing <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah you're killing you know uh you're definitely killing at least one, and then you could charge something, deal six more wounds, and kill in melee. So yeah, <laughs> like three, <laughs> definitely three units there. Um, yeah, almost the all the strikes are benefits yeah, in the in the army for now is the the, the extra D three attacks from the psychic power because he yeah. he only has got five attacks in melee. So sometimes he flubs in melee, but extra three sometimes yeah. Ooh, six damage. Sure, gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> six yeah. damage. Just like bite them. And <laughs> <laughs> no, he uh, he has he has arms on the side. Oh, okay, he has arms okay. on the side. My, mine doesn't have arms on the side because I haven't painted them yet. But they, they, he does have arms on the side. I don't know how he lands. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, He's just constantly yeah, his flying. Feet are, his feet are siding talons, so it seem, <laughs> seems like it would be uncomfortable to walk on. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, what? It's like... <laughs> um, oh, God. <laughs> Harry Dan, super, super good. Alright, moving on from here, we've got the horror specs. I can already see Trevi's face right now. He's so, <laughs> he's so angry about this but the horror specs you got the five up invuln you have the minus one damage he's t8 uh can get access to double exploding sixes with a warlord trade if you have a buddy with him uh he can reroll hit rolls for free now with a psychic power or you can spend the one cp to reroll uh failed hit rolls murderous size him to give him strength eight uh on average with double exploding sixes um and the plus d3 attacks he gets on average 15 attacks um that's pretty good and then you get an addition you get additional attacks every time that you kill something uh with your shoveling uh with your shoveling claws on top of that uh it's only con is that it's a seven inch move he is a very very slow boy but if you have a lot of threats on the board for only like 175 points it's really not that bad he's uh i, I actually think that he got a really really good glow up here uh trevi what's your opinions about him yeah, I think um, I, I think that he synergizes well again a lot with a lot of the uh, particular abilities that you get from the uh, army for down. Like you mentioned, my biggest issue, um, you know, would just be delivery. He is seven inch move, which doesn't sound like the end of the world, except that he's like a big old base and he's a monster, so he doesn't go through breachable terrain or um, especially difficult terrain stuff like that very well. So he's moving fourteen with the help of Swarmlord. Maybe you got an advance in there. Um, and, but a lot of times that, you know, the way Tyranids play is that they, they kind of have to project their threat a little bit farther down the table. So he's not he's not a good front line. But as a follow up to a Demacron or a, a Flying High Tyrant or something that's that's, you know, attracting all your opponents shooting early, um, he's probably just fine. 
I think the the other big issue that um, the Harrowsbucks tends to have is like every time that thing you choose that thing to to fight in the fight phase, and like somehow somehow immediately like a little gremlin comes and just takes all your CP away because he takes you just have to like fuel that dude with CP to. Um, get him to do a, a bunch of damage but uh i think the the amount of damage that he can do once you do spend all that cp on him is uh is going to be impressive for sure uh john p what do you want to say about the horror specs uh how much does he cost uh, can you tell me how much he costs okay uh it costs 75 bucks this model is massive <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. know how you're supposed to move this thing around so yeah the seven inches uh while it is just one weakness pretty big weakness <laughs> it's the same base as an exocrine so yeah. it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's built from the kit. same model, yeah. So I I definitely understand where you where you're coming from. It it does take a a lot to move him across the board. Um, it's on fours also. Yeah, right? he hits on fours, but if you give him double yeah. exploding sixes and plus uh, uh, D three, um, and then the psychic power to uh, what's it called? Uh, to re-roll his hit roll. Um, you can just fish for sixes or just roll uh three one through threes, and on average, he's still getting like fifteen attacks. Um, with the explosions and everything like that so pretty good he kills space marines if you give him murderous size because it's d3 plus one mm-hmm. another access that's, to uh that that two cp strategy the plus one, one to, <laughs> to damage rolls yeah 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 <laughs> uh, you can <laughs> finally give him, an upside yeah. having random damage what, what you could do that would be better is that you can give him a malceptor link so then he can re-roll his damage roll that's pretty spicy or uh, then you're you not can, plus one to hit him, though. Which is, yeah, and then you're not plus one to hit, but who cares when you have double exploding sixes? You can just fish for it. Yeah. So, and I guess, uh, yeah, he's only AP one based on the on the mouth attack. Yeah. But, uh, if you're if you're malceptoring him, he he gets the rending pretty often. So it goes yeah. Two. And then if you murder size him, he also gets AP two. So sixes would yeah. actually be AP three. I, I actually think kind of hilariously, one of the 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 maybe most overlooked and and most powerful abilities on his uh, data sheet there is his little ability to regenerate wounds when he eats people yeah he only gets one wound for fight phase but when you have an, your t8 base which is is good, good place to start yeah yeah and you have damage reduction and an invuln save every one of those wounds is like your opponent has to wrestle them off the higher specs so every one of those he <laughs> yeah. gets back is like kind of a he, nightmare <laughs> he's kind of annoying like he's a nuisance yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I i you know for 175 points i'm all for it man um yeah. I, I wonder if there's maybe a place for the build where, uh, where you take the adaptive physiology to heal up to three every time he fights. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, models. yeah. Just healing four wounds a phase with a yeah. damage reduction. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid regen, I think. Yeah, that'd be yeah. sick. Uh, okay, so after the horror specs, we have the Moloch, the funny worm here. I absolutely love the funny worm right now. Um, mm-hmm. He can deep strike out of one inch to snipe objectives. The the county has 12 models for this guy. That is huge for him. He can If your opponent does not screen him out, he can just get on an objective and just take it away from people, which is nuts. Uh, he, can, he deals mortal wounds on his pop-up. Uh, he can charge for six mortal wounds because he's 12 wounds. Uh, he can auto-explode as well, so if you pop him up, take an objective, they kill him, and then he just auto-explodes. You're still dealing more mortal wounds to people. Uh, he can be obscured, which is crazy, so if you pop him up next to an objective, or next to uh, uh, something where there's terrain that's obscurable, he's like pretty much safe, gets the 5-up info, gets the minus 1 damage. His only con is that he can't get OPSEC on the pop-up. So, 
uh, when you're sniping away these objectives, you're only sniping them away from people that are elites and stuff that doesn't have obsec that you can steal uh, away from. You can pop them up next to a knight and just take away the objective from a knight, uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah wow. which is funny. Smallax <laughs> uh, like adorable. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta, you just wanna pet him. Yeah, just yeah, pats yeah, him yeah, on the yeah, head. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> just, good job, man. Yeah. <laughs> he has, and he has one of the coolest faces in all of Tyranids with the with his predator mouth. I love him. Uh, yeah. Trevi, what do you think about the Moloch? Yeah, I think uh, I I love the Moloch in the in the Army of Renown. Um, I think it's it basically like fills the same role as the Harpy does. It's less offensive, so you can't you know use it on turn one, and you can't um, charge with him when he comes within an inch. So he, you can't like go with snipe characters and stuff immediately like you can with a Harpy. But he's thirty points less, and that's pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I think Moloks are are great right now. Um, yeah, Amal, it's, it's only 125 points, by the way. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 125, and it's like guaranteed. You know, at least a, a six point VP swing, right? Because you're probably score engage and you steal a, a, a an objective from somebody for the most part. Um, and then your opponent has to kill him, and he's not the hardest thing to kill, but he does have a three plus base armor save, and he's got the invuln save and the damage reduction from the army pronounced. Yeah, so he's T six. Go down you know? too easy. Yeah. yeah, like they have to at least shoot like. You know, a couple of either small arms storm bolters at him, or uh, like a lot of them in order to bring him down, or um, some strength seven weapons. And they don't want to shoot a Moloch. Who wants to shoot a Moloch? No one yeah. wants to shoot at him. He's a funny worm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your your choice for shooting those strength seven plus weapons are the the Demacaron that's currently like threatening to fight three times and eat your army, or funny worm man. You know? <laughs> yeah, like... exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> John P, what do you think about the Moloch? First, how about yeah. you tell us what the price of him is? <laughs> oh, okay, let me find this. Eighty bucks. Oh, wow! I have Eighty two bucks of those. plenty of worm. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Um, but yeah, what do you think I mean, about him? like you said, the big his biggest strength is that you don't want to kill this thing. You there's just so many other threats that you want to have to deal with, but. Here comes Funny Worm to show up and take your objective from you. And yeah. it's gonna change, I guess, the way that like if you if I were to see a Moloch on the other side of the tabletop, it's gonna have to change the way you kinda form your or like place your models on the objective. You kinda have to make sure you take up as much space as possible so there isn't room for that Moloch to just randomly show up. Um it could like hinder you from sending those models elsewhere if you don't want the Moloch there. <laughs> but it's uh, something that could live in your head rent free. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. the his like worst matchup is going against space wolves. If they were to take like anything that has heroic <laughs> intervention, he just pops up. Like, this is my no. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you mean you want to fight me? <laughs> You're supposed to be scared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's the Moloch. Great, great, uh, great utility unit right here. Uh, next up we have old one eye. This is like, dude, the Lictor, I found out that last night um, when the new GT comes out, the Lictor's basically going to be Captain America because he's just retiring at this point. Uh, he <laughs> uplifted the Codex for like two years. He's like, I'm going to take yeah. a break. Old One-Eye like, is like the Winter Soldier. You retrieve some Octarius data? Like, yeah. He's like, no, yeah. I don't think I will. <laughs> Not today. Uh, but Old One-Eye is like the Winter Soldier because he died and he just came back. Uh, people are still confused because they're like, uh, is he actually really a thing? We don't know yet. But... Old One-Eye here gets a 5-up Invuln, 
minus one damage. He has bodyguard rules with Carnifex. So if you stick a Carnifex behind him, if he's within three inches of a Carnifex, he can't get shot at. Uh, he gets full rerolls uh, with the psychic power now uh, since he's not a synapse unit. So he can uh, fish for those five ups for additional attacks. Uh, he has access to exploding sixes. He can get double exploding sixes with a warlike trait buddy um, that's going around with him. Um, he can use his crushing claws at strength 14, AP 3, uh, 3 damage. And uh, um, and he'll still be hitting on twos because he gets plus two to his charge. Even though uh, his crushing claws gives him minus one, he'll still go up to a plus two or uh, to a two up. Um, on average, without the warlord trait for double exploding sixes, he averages twelve attacks, and with the warlord trait, he averages fifteen attacks. Still deals twelve mortal wounds on the charge because he is a nine wound unit. Can still get obsec. Um, all that good stuff. Uh, the only con that he has is that he needs Carnifexes, so then he doesn't die too fast. That's his only con, and he's also 220 points, and he's also an HQ unit, so he takes up like some slots there. Um, but yeah, old one eye. He is definitely on the table. Uh, huge glow up on this one, Trevi. What do you think? Yeah, so he is. Um, he's a character, right? So he he still yeah. just gets lookout served by the rest of the army. So. You know, even without other Carnifexes at the list, I think Old One Eye is still fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think the problem here is opportunity cost. Uh, he does cost 220 points for a move seven model, which is is a is a, a pretty penny to spend. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's more expensive he, than a horror specs. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, you should take a horror specs. Yeah. Um, uh, the other downside is that he, he takes a HQ slot, which is a, a contentious yeah. slot in Tyranids. Uh, especially in mm. um, the Army of Renown, I've had trouble building lists without maxing my HQs because they're, you know, high tyrants are so good. Even just having neurothropes to get those extra psychic powers out is is super uh, important sometimes. So that's a little tough. Um, I, I do think, especially with the Octari, the changes to Octaria, so that he has access to you know extra plus ones to hit and stuff. Um, so he can get through. He he can kind of use his his all of his additional plus ones he has so he gets through his penalties pretty well um i think that's helpful and him also dealing d3 mortal wounds when he charges uh on top of the six he can deal yeah is, yeah this kind of meme <laughs> it's funny uh, he could just he could just plow you for nine before he makes any attacks which is pretty cool um i just yeah i think it's just tough to fit him into list for that cost unfortunately he's a mm. uh, he, he's he's built around a mechanic that doesn't exist anymore, which is too bad, which is that his, his exploding attacks are unmodified. So he could, you know, get himself like plus three to hit and then explode on, on threes. Um, but he can't do that anymore, which is sad. Sometimes. Yeah. Which is sad, but he still gets exploding fives up five ups or, uh, extra attacks yeah. on five ups. Um, yeah, it's still, it's still fine. Good. And yeah, and you could like uh, relentless flurry him. Right. So then yeah. he gets additional attacks on top of that. Too. Yep. 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 Uh, John P what do you think about old one? eye here. Yeah, I mean, taking up the HQ slot, like he mentioned, uh, huge deal because you want to take your Swarm Lords and your Hive Tyrants and the what not, right? Essentially. Yeah. And yeah. if you're taking those, you don't get this guy, but this guy pretty cool. Um, I've always heard him like whispered in the wind from like Bricky and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he keeps telling you to bring old One Eye, and maybe we'll see you bring old One Eye now. <laughs> I, I am definitely working on an old One Eye build right now. Um, I'm pretty so... happy about it. Uh, yeah, so that's old One Eye mm. here. Uh, moving on from here, I think we only have one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what we have. Yep, we have one more. It is the Tyrannocyte. 
Trevi, I can feel I can feel your anger from here. I can feel it. But the Tyrannocyte, okay, guys, listen. All right, his pros. You can bring more than three of him because he's a dedicated transport. Okay, pretty good. He gets 15 shots of Death Spitters or 5d6 uh, Barb Strangler shots. Um, you know, the Barb Stranglers, they have Blast. Uh, and also, uh, uh, if you shoot into something that has 11 or more models, then uh, he gets just full shots on it. And he gets plus one to his hit roll as well. So he's going to be hitting on fours. Kind of terrible ballistic skill, but whatever. Uh, deal six mortal wounds on the charge. He can hold objectives because he's not an aircraft. Uh, he's just a flyer, uh, or he just has the keyword fly. He can be given opsec. He move blocks, can be obscured. And the biggest pro for him is that it's garbage. It's complete garbage unit. And that's what makes it good. It's the same thing as a Moloch, right? A Moloch is garbage. No one wants to shoot at it. No one wants to shoot at, at a Tyrannocyte when you have a Demacarian in your face, right? Or you have like Hive Guard shooting at you. Um, it's con is that you have to bring e an equal amount of infantry units in order to bring it because it's a dedicated transport. But who cares? Bring six of these guys. They're great. Trevi, tell tell them how great they are. Just, come on, just tell tell them how amazing a Tyrannocyte is. It is uh, ninety five points for a model with a five plus ballistic skill, so that's certainly a series of statistics that are on a data sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so here's what you want to do, okay? What you want to do is you we throw all the objective secured, all that stuff. Uh, Leviathan abilities, throw them out the window. It's garbage. We don't need those. We're going to take High Fleet Yormungandr. We're going to put as many Tyrannocytes in our army as physically possible. And then we're just going to Lurking Maz stuff and shoot them with five Venom Cannons. And that's yeah. how you kill people with Tyrannocytes. Relentless Flurry, man. Reroll your hit rolls of Yormungandr. Yeah, relentless Flurry. We're in Yormungandr. Dang it. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 but uh, you can ignore cover with the warlord. Whoa! It's hard talking about this unit because it's so bad. It's just, <laughs> it's so bad. And that and like to me, that's what makes it good. If you take like six of these guys that are just like just doing their thing on the board, just like going around, you know, just doing plink shots, uh, it, it fixes like the chaff problem that you kind of have with uh, with an army of renowned lists because, you know, you don't have great answers to chaff besides like twin link devourers. And that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, you bring Barb Stranglers. All of a sudden you got uh, strength five AP one one. Yeah, it hits on fives, but, you know. Hit you on know, fours of your ten models. Yeah, you get some DACA. Yeah. You know, it's pretty good. Um, There's also five of them, so you shoot thirty times if you blast. Yeah, that's it's not bad, is what I'm saying. At, <laughs> at the very least, it had a very, very large glow up from what it was before. Plus, it's definitely better in the army right now than it is yeah, outside. Yeah, and uh, you can charge. It does six mortal wounds. It's fine. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking through solves everything. It's okay. It makes anything viable at this point. Yeah. You snipe those characters with your move six terrain. Yeah, 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 yeah. That has <laughs> fly, excuse me. All right. It can go over terrain. <laughs> it, it, oh, it, wow. It ignores it can, difficult ground. It's a, it's a four and a half inch base. So it, it can go over terrain that it's in base contact with. Yeah. <laughs> Just hop over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if it had 12 wounds, I feel, or not 12 wounds, if it had uh, like an eight inch move or a 12 inch move, it might be just like an auto take to me just because it would move so That'd fast be, yeah yeah that'd be a 
It'd be, it'd yeah, be you broken. just double move them around the table. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Forget the metabolic overdrive. Like, go get them, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little harpy. It's a harpy for sixty points less. Dude, forget Swarmlord double moving Edema. The biggest Chad move is double moving as <laughs> Tyrannicide <laughs> and then popping transhuman on him. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that you know a lot of times we've talked about like some of these you know what's the, what's the the question are you going to attack this thing that's in your backline that's that's taking your objectives or are you going to attack the dimacron in your face the the upside with the tyrannocyte is that it actually there's no question at all you're going to attack the dimacron yeah. you're never going to attack exactly there's no reason exactly it doesn't do it exactly all right <laughs> so uh we have hit the end here uh John P do you want to talk about the tyrannocyte it's garbage but like it's good garbage. It's garbage, but I mean, it. it I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that eighth edition, um, like impulsor rush build that people were doing with Space Brains, where they had like mm. five, six impulsors, uh, with just intercessors in them and just like controlling the map. And just like there's just a bunch of things you don't want to kill, but you kind of have to because you have to play the mission. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially what this is. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This, yeah. The, this very slight difference, which we probably can just overlook, is that impulsors move 14 and these move six. That, yeah. It doesn't really. Yeah. It's a difference. Like, so who cares? Who cares? Those are both even insane. numbers. Dude, if you roll a six on your advance, you can move 12 inches. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, I guess, like, we're, we, we're, we're pretty much done here. Um, those are the units that had, like, the largest glow-ups inside of this codex. Uh, obviously, you also have the high duels, uh, but those are, like, that's, like, obvious. You know, barbed high duels are just great right now at a T8 and stuff. Um yeah, what do you guys think about this army of renown? Uh, final thoughts about it? Yeah, uh, it looks like a fun thing to play with, especially. Um, I don't know how well they would do against a, like a horde army, though. Like if they had to go against a tyrannids oh, with like, a bunch of gaunts, right? Awful, terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of those things. Like if I see someone playing Crusher Stampede, you, you know, you're gonna stop. You're gonna stop and look at that table just to see all the cool monsters on the table. For sure. What about you, Trevi? Um, I so I, I mentioned it a little bit before, but I think the, the face of Tyrion is probably going to change come GT twenty twenty two, and uh, I think Crusher Stampede's in a good place to sort of uh, um, supersede the the regular sort of the mid range Tyranid list. That's like we got some Gene Sailors, we got some Devour Termagants, we got some Hive Guard, and they're doing their thing um, because that list relies very heavily on. Um, those utility units to sit in the back and, and do actions and get engaged in all fronts and so that it can kind of castle up for the most part and play very passive. Whereas the Crusher Stampede, you know, we're just YOLO and monsters up the table. So those maneuver secondaries are actually a little bit easier for this list because the changes to things like engaging all fronts don't really matter if your entire army is monsters. Um, so I think that it will at the very least be an alternative to the standard kind of Tyranid gun line, but uh, I think that there's very real possibility it supersedes it. Um, and I think at the very least, it's super duper fun to play. You're just, you're just smashing people with big Godzilla monsters, and you know, it, we, it, every game is specific, Grim. There's just kaiju everywhere. It's <laughs> The best matchup is going to be Tyranids versus Knights. It's, it's going to be, it's just, Ooh. it's going to be so much fun. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that is it for this episode of Chapter Tactics. Uh, Trevi, how about you plug yourself and tell us uh, where everyone can find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find me uh, on my YouTube channel over at Tactical Dash Tortoise 
twitch.com. You can also find me over on Twitch where I stream basically every weekday. That's at twitch.tv slash tactical tortoise TV. Um, I'm over on Twitter as well. I tweet a lot about 40K and just stuff that's going on uh, at Trevi the Great. And uh, it's a good old time. So come hang out and uh, I'll see you there. All right. And John P., how about you plug yourself as well? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Nathan P. And then you can catch me also on Dice Check Streams and the Dice Check YouTube channel. Awesome. Uh, and as usual, you can find me in an alleyway, uh, probably just uh, hoarding all of the Molochs and Tyrannocytes I could possibly find. Uh, <laughs> anyways, you, you live in a fort built out of like Moloch boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a bunch <laughs> of egg cartons to hold my Tyrannocytes. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, anyways, that is it for today. Thank you guys uh, for watching. If you guys uh, like this, make sure you guys leave a thumbs up. Make sure that you guys press the like button. And yeah, uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.